0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select
1: devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
2: Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back podcast. I'm your host, Jan Svensson. This podcast spotlights Broadway actors, shows, and organizations in their pursuit of social impact and philanthropy. Join us as some of the brightest lights on Broadway share their stories about their favorite charities and how they got involved, and the people and the causes who benefited from these philanthropic efforts. Broadway Gives Back is launching a new series called the United Nations Global Goals, where we talk about tackling the world's to-do list to make our planet a better place. I'm joined by my passionate co-host and friend, Anika Larson, who was a guest on this podcast last year and introduced me to the Global Goals. Anika is an amazing actor, a Tony Award nominee, and an activist. We decided to work together on this series and bring in guests to talk about ways in which we can all make small changes for the greater good. Hi, Anika. Hi, Jan.
1: Good to be here again.
2: I'm so glad you're back. Our special guest today is Andrew Barth Feldman, who won the 2018 National High School Musical Theater Award and went on to make his Broadway debut as the title character in the Tony Award-winning musical Dear Evan Hansen as a junior in high school. Since then, he starred in High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, Ratatouille, The TikTok Musical, and various other podcasts, television shows, and films. And he won an Emmy Award for hosting the 2020 Roger Reese Awards. He works as a performer, a writer, a creator, and an advocate. Welcome to the Broadway Gives
1: Back podcast, Andrew.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, everybody.
1: Hello. It's um, unbelievable all the things you've done. Jan, can I tell you a fun yeah. story, which is that I met Andrew in, I think, 2018. Yeah. Um, And we were doing the very first reading of Almost Famous together. He was the first William Miller. Um, oh. And he turned to me on the first day of the reading as everybody was learning their music. And he was 16. Were you 16 then?
0: I was 16. Very sweet
1: faced young 16 year old. Yes. And Mm -hmm. he turned to me and he said, this is my first job as an actor. <laughs> I, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I didn't quite know what he meant. I meant like, and then, then so I just, I, I remember spending so much time like reassuring him that he'd be great and fine. And that oh he, God. you know, that he belonged here among the, all of these professionals. Ugh. And then I didn't realize like he'd won the jimmies and he was so savvy and there was no reason for him to be intimidated in the, in the room. No, but he was you, the you loveliest so human. He was... You were so uh, crazy talented. Uh, um honestly, you had no right to be so talented and so poised <laughs> at 16. I was not that talented or poised at 16. I was a late bloomer. You, dude.
0: Thank early you, bloomer. The oh man, you were so no you were so so kind to me during that week and I, it's so funny that like since then I've done obviously like all of us like a, a pretty good amount of like 29 hours and things like that. But I that was the first right. truly like my first time in that room with people like you, who I just respected so much and admired for so long. And I was, I, I knew in my, like, I knew that Evan was coming up. I like, I was already hired for that, but it hadn't started yet. Oh, I didn't
1: know you knew that.
0: I did, but I couldn't tell anybody. Like they were like, like sending, like they weren't blackmailing me, but it felt like it. Like they were like, you can't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and so it was just, but that was like my, my chance to get kind of my, like, feet wet in this world and and yeah. still I've I have so many friends from that like you and, and Drew Galing and yeah. Soleia I talked yeah. to like I, like all those people are just wonderful and the show was so wonderful and you were so wonderful in it. Oh my
2: goodness. Oh thanks. thanks. I didn't realize that you guys had a history of mother and son.
1: I know we did. I know uh-huh. he was my first my first fake son. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nice I, I I don't
0: know if I told you this I probably I didn't get the chance to tell you this, but I, I it It affects me every day to this day is when I saw you in the show, I was leaving and I was like saying hi to you and Casey and everybody. And um, I was leaving and Barbara, who was the incredible house manager, who was so kind. uh, As I was walking out, she was like, I heard that you were our first William Miller. And I was like, oh yeah, I did a reading of it like Hmm. four years ago. And she said, welcome to the show. Hmm. And she handed me an almost famous pen, like an almost famous branded
1: (laughs) pen. (laughs) That's Heidi. Yes, Heidi. Heidi, Heidi. Heidi. thank you. Yes, and she... Best house manager ever. Yes, yes. Oh, that's oh so, my goodness. That's very yes. That's very Heidi. She takes very good care. It was of so sweet, and, and I use that family. pen every day.
0: And now yeah. I use that pen every day. I'm thankful to have yes. a free pen. Mm. It was very sweet.
1: Amazing.
2: <laughs> you have done a lot in your short career so far, and it's. I mean, gosh, I just can't even imagine. I want to. Ha- I want to have you back on the podcast, and like five years from now. And like, it's going to be mind blowing to see how much more you're going to do. A lot of our listeners um, know you, but they don't really know you. So we mm. thought we'd play a little icebreaker game with you because not everybody knows you as well as your mom. Anika. <laughs> um, so how about if we, is it cool if we ask you a few questions?
0: Please. Yeah, please. Just
2: answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay.
0: Okay. Let's do it.
2: All right. I'm going to go first. Um, if you were a car, what car would you be?
0: I have no idea. I'd be like a I'd be like a children's toy car, I think. Like I would be like a like price. <laughs> like a, I, I think that's about right. Like a baby training car.
1: <laughs> such a good answer. It <laughs> is such a good answer. What is your word?
0: Uh um, oh, what is my word? I think it's probably joy. I think that's probably mm. that feels yeah. right. I'll go with that.
2: What okay. is your cell phone wallpaper right now?
0: It's uh, my my lock screen is my my partner Helen holding an electric fly swatter that her dad had gotten and looking very <laughs> uh, suspicious of flies. Uh, I really like that wallpaper. I think my <laughs> home screen is a. I believe yeah, it's a beach in uh, Vietnam. I, I I shot something in Vietnam earlier this year and and it was so wow. gorgeous
1: very cool wow that's awesome um, <laughs> if you could be on any reality show which one would you choose
0: oh wow um the circle the circle i would be on the circle i think i'd be really good at the circle i don't know if you have heard of this it's like people are in their no, own apartment. The i don't even know what it is <laughs> you're like alone in your own apartment. it's so great you're alone in your own apartment and you're messaging with people like only via this like social media platform and then like ranking them and it's like basically like social media the reality show but you get to see everybody in their individual apartments and so it's it's like this fascinating social experiment to see how obsession and miscommunication happens on social media from every angle but also it's really fun and people like catfish and pretend to be other people and stuff like that it's i cannot recommend the circle enough i love the circle
1: Oh, it sounds terrifying. I know. It is terrifying. why it also, I'm not on social media.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> it also me neither. Harkens That's back better. a little bit to Dear Evan Hansen, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, I think the circle yeah.
0: and Dear Evan Hansen are one thing, actually. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Would you rather meet your back in time ancestors, or would you rather travel to the future and meet your descendants?
0: Whoa. Jan. Uh, it's a probably one. my probably my ancestors. I think I've I think I know mm. enough about like I can I think very much about like parenting and what I want to leave behind, and so like I don't think I want to mm. see it before I like choose it because then I'm like, how do I avoid mm. that or how do I make that happen? You know, future stuff. But mm. meeting my ancestors would mm. be really cool to see, like how we've uh, how our how thinking has evolved over the years, and also what we're what we're missing now. I think that's what I would like to do.
1: What is the strangest habit you have?
0: There is kind of constantly, I've I've realized more as of late than anything else. There is constantly music playing in my head and somebody will say something and I'll, I'll start uh, singing a song and then I'll be singing it for like an hour. And then I'm like, why am I, where did this come from? And lately I've been able to trace it back to the source and be like, Oh, somebody said something to me an hour ago. That was this operative word from this Mm. song. Um, That's what comes to mind. I'm being very, I think it, and I feel like this ties into so much of the conversation we're going to have. As of late, I've been like very conscious of my habits and and things like that and trying to
2: Hmm. uh, uh,
0: control them to some extent, I guess. Uh, So that's something I've just been very, very like aware of lately, I guess.
2: Okay. A a musical habit. Um, Yeah. If you could switch lives with anybody for one day, who would it be?
0: Whoa. Um, I don't think it would be with the intent of like enjoying somebody else's life. I really enjoy my life. Like, I don't, I don't think it would be trying to have like a better one for a day. I think it would be to learn something like mm. somebody whose experience is really different from my own, um, wanting to like mm. truly live a day in their shoes and like carry that with me. That that's probably what yeah. I would do. Some, somebody who is significantly more marginalized than myself, I would imagine.
1: Oh, that is lovely. Lies,
2: I feel the same way, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Um, that was such a thoughtful answer, and I'm going to ask you a very not thoughtful question. Please. please. What <laughs> did you have for breakfast this morning? This morning. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> this
0: morning I had a, a a BLT on an everything bagel with mayo. I went to yeah belly uh, on the corner. Good. It's so good. It yeah. was delicious. I tried making myself breakfast for the first time this week ever I've cooked before I'm not very good at it but I was like I this is something I really want to do in my own apartment and it was a disaster to the point that I like felt <laughs> a little sick for like an hour after it did not Oh.
2: <laughs>
0: but so we're gonna keep trying To the
1: corner deli yeah
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <part>. okay yeah <laughs> um all right so this is a little bit of a segue question but if you had one million dollars that you could donate to one single charity or cause who would you donate that money to
0: that is so hard Uh, there are so many because there's kind of two answers to that question there are the causes that i feel like i'm most passionate about in my life and then there are the causes that are most urgent and i feel like the causes Mm, that we're talking about today are are some of the most urgent but probably not lacking in Mm. a a million dollars so i feel like it would be Mm. it would be something that that needs more money maybe maybe uh something for like an unhoused community like uh, a, a specific community um, as opposed to like a huge mm. charity to give a million dollars to, to a smaller charity could totally change the course of its, yeah. its life as a charity. So I feel like something, something like that, that could really, really affect specific people.
2: And by the way, that's a perfect segue because part of the global goals, there are 17 goals, but one of them actually does talk about the unhoused. And so yeah. that's a really good segue. Maybe not oh, great. the goal we're going to talk about today, but it is one of the goals and they all are work really synergistically let's get into the global goals. Let's then, do um, it. You can, why,
1: don't you, why don't you take let's us there? Let's do it. Yes. So the global <laughs> goals, just for anyone who to, has no idea, they are. There are 17 goals that the UN came up with um, several years ago. All 193 nations signed off on them. And it's, it is. It's the world's to-do list. It's the idea that um, you can't have a greener world without a fairer world, that all of our problems are intersectional and interdependent. And so You can't, um, it isn't sustainable if we're polluting and damaging our planet, but it's also not sustainable if people can't prosper, if they don't have access to education or clean water or good work or homes or food. Um, And so um, they're a really lovely way to sort of lovely framework for figuring out how you want to act, how you want to help, because each one has targets. The goals are all for 2030. We've got to get these done done by 2030. But it's a really beautiful way for like whatever you feel particularly passionate about. One of the global goals contains that. And um, they have ideas for how everybody can help individuals, businesses, schools. Um, So globalgoals.org. It's a lovely. A lovely, uh just a lovely, it's an elegant way to think about it. And it really helped me go from feeling helpless and hopeless to helpful and hopeful. And it's my jumping off point and I'm thinking about all of this stuff, which is why we're doing this and why we're also doing coinciding with this, we're doing the vlog, which also Andrew is gonna be on. And yes. we're gonna be talking on the vlog and today a little bit about global goal number three, which is
0: the goal of global goal number three is to ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages
1: which mm-hmm. is awesome. Amen. Absolutely. And so that means a lot like it means access to healthcare, it means access to health insurance and medicine and vaccines and but it also means access to healthy food and exercise and clean air. It means I mean it folds in so many so many things, but it also really is something that I think is there's been lots more discussion about these days, thank goodness, is about mental health. Um, and I know that's something that you've talked openly about is is your your struggles with OCD and anxiety. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: I would love nothing more than to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I I kind of my whole life have have struggled with uh yeah, OCD, pretty pretty mild case comparative to what what most people deal with. Uh, my my OCD might be described as uh pure O OCD, which is a mm-hmm. kind of a misnomer. It it means that uh mm-hmm. They they it used to be like oh you just obsess you don't have any compulsions that's actually not really true um, the compulsions are just also mm. mental so it's like a lot of rumination mm. um, a lot of uh, uh, trying to solve for X um, pretty compulsively and mm. I, I was doing this for for a lot of my life mm. uh, a, a sort of a discomfort with uncertainty um, and mm. I uh, started going to therapy for the first time when I was. 17 I was in Dear Evan Hansen uh, for, for a long time mm-hmm. and going into the show Dear Evan Hansen which talks so much about these illnesses um I mm-hmm. felt very seen by it I felt like I related to it but I also was like but I don't have a diagnosis so you know I'm just kind of playing a part and mm. I'm just a regular you know teenager uh mm-hmm. that uh is anxious yeah. sometimes uh but then going to therapy mm-hmm. uh thank goodness my my um, incredible uh therapist was like I, I think you have uh, OCD and I was like, okay, finally now now I can kind of <laughs> be off to the races and in, in figuring this out, and it's been a pretty remarkable journey uh, over the last few years to read and learn about my OCD and and think about my OCD and how I can use it for good and and also uh, not let it kind of uh, define me and 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 take up so much of my mm. life. And it's been it's been pretty amazing, but that would have never happened if I didn't have that accessibility to that care and
2: mm-hmm. the
0: kind of a, a means to pursue that sort of self actualization. Um, and and the fact that that is not equitable in any way, I, I'm in a very fortunate position that I can pursue that is uh, is very saddening. It's really sad. Mm. Yeah.
1: How do you, I'm curious how you think that um, it has served you in good ways, because I think that that's really interesting that it is a two-sided coin. Totally. But a lot of people with OCD like you are so successful.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you, you do need a little bit of it for, for a, a, a certain level of success. And so many of the things that you talked about at, at the top of the episode, Jan, in introducing me are direct products of my OCD. I, I'm, I'm very creative. Um, I am very like productive i'm I, like i have been called like consumerism's favorite son like i am i am just constantly <laughs> making things um and it's really my favorite thing to do but it I also had to in the last few years set, learn how to set boundaries for those things because otherwise I'd be working on something till four in the morning and I mean throughout the pandemic I was just constantly constantly working on something and thank goodness because that resulted mm-hmm. in all these amazing things we got to do like Broadway jackbox and Broadway who done it which have proven so fruitful. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for those outlets. Um, but now I'm, I'm learning how to do both that kind of like creative engine is still constantly revving and like the hamsters on the wheel and in my chest. Um, but I also know to when to stop. And or I'm learning, I guess when to stop and, uh, mm-hmm. and how much of it to do and how much of it to, to kind of give my attention to. Uh, so it. it it can be hugely productive, but with boundaries. Boundaries are really, really necessary. But all that said, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is who I am. You know, it's not, it's not just something I have. Like, if, if, any, if there is any metric of who we are, mm-hmm. it's, it's our brains and our hearts. And that's, that's a really, really, really big part of everything mm-hmm. that I do in my relationships, in my day-to-day. Uh, and I love mm-hmm. it, but I, I, I definitely wouldn't be loving it if I didn't have that that access to that care.
2: Can you talk a little bit about just Evan Hansen and you and sort of, you know, how the two worked together and how the two were really separate? Because there's just, there's so much, there's so much overlap here. And I just feel like they must have fed each other in some ways, those two, you oh and
0: the God. character. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think uh, what was really special about, and, and as I've gotten older, I've, I've really, really come to appreciate this. What was really special about me in that role at that time was that I was this kid who had no idea what was going on with him, uh, playing this kid who had mm-hmm. no idea what was going on with him. You know, you, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. It, th- not that there isn't merit to uh, somebody older with a bit more perspective playing that role, of course there is, there's no right or wrong answer um, because you can mm-hmm. remember what it was like to be at that age and see it from from above, but I really couldn't. And I was not separated from him at all but I thought I was, you know, I, th- I thought like, I'm not as anxious mm. as, as this guy, um, but no, I was him. Mm. And, and Evan didn't think he was as anxious as he very visibly was. Uh, so, so I think that mm. lack of awareness of, of what was going on with me is what made uh, that time so special. And also for me as a person, so informative um, to like, to be learning that, that I had OCD, that I, that I had, you know, a, a social anxiety disorder, while playing that role, I had been spending months building an empathy for people who have those disorders and those diseases.
1: Mm.
0: So to come into that diagnosis with, immediately with that empathy built in uh, was, mm. I say, something I am, I'm very, very thankful for. And yeah, there was, there was definitely mm. a, a, what became, a, I think, a very healthy symbiosis between me and Evan. Mm.
2: And that show, I mean, again, going back to this global goal and, and just the whole idea of, you know, mental health, it's, it's so important. And it was so timely, you know, when I personally think about the question that I asked you, if you had a million dollars, you know, what, what one single cause would you donate to in my head, I felt like my answer would have been some smaller mental health um, type of, of org, because I feel like mental health. It influences and informs so many other things like, you know, the unhoused and and homeless and um, bullying and LGBTQ rights. And, you know, there's just so many issues. And I feel like if you can address the mental health, you can also then like there's a ripple effect that other things get better too um, for everybody. Yeah.
0: And it's so new the this, the scientific and psychological conversation it, with this language it's it's really new it's a conversation we've been having for obviously ever in spirituality and art um and I think that people uh, uh from those communities might have a kind of resistance to having this more psychological conversation but I do think it's exactly the same conversation we just have new tools to talk about it and I think uh, a show like Dervan Hansen really walks that line beautifully of talking about it in a way that is literal and we we are talking about the psychological side of it but like where we, I don't. If I'm remembering correctly, I can't remember whether the word anxiety is ever actually used in that show. Um, hmm. His diagnosis is never specifically stated, and that was always very deliberate. That's right, it's not. Yeah. Um, hmm, yeah. It's about. I I think with now that we have the, these new tools, what is necessary is yes, psychological literature, yes, medication, um, and and help uh, like therapy and all those things, but art is a very, very crucial uh, way of understanding it in our hearts. And that was what was so special about that show. Mm-hmm. It was really the first time that, that a piece of art spoke to it in that way.
2: That, that's really interesting to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I was at a, a conference and, and one of the speakers was talking about anxiety and depression. And they said, can everybody here, if you know anybody or if you yourself, suffer from anxiety and depression stand up every single solitary person stood up of course um, and obviously there's varying degrees and some people their anxiety and depression is debilitating and um, you know for others it's it's managed easier but you know it's it's and, it, and since the pandemic i mean it's it's even you know it's on steroids so oh my god um, yeah so i feel like it's just so important to talk about this and um, you know when we talk about the global goals one of the things that anika has has you know done is I mean, it's such a big thing, and she's helped sort of, re- kind of rein it in and say, okay, what can we as the Broadway community do? What can we in the arts do? And what can we individually do? So. Right. Um, Because that's all
1: any of us can do, right, is act locally in the ways that we can. But we are lucky as Broadway people that Broadway gets attention. And so um, really trying to keep it focused on what we're doing in the theater community as a model for what anybody can be doing anywhere, Um, uh, the efforts that are happening here. And there really are organizations in our community that are addressing every one of the goals. Um, And so, but we want you to talk about um, one organization in our community that's doing, they're doing so much. But one thing that they really, really help the entertainment community with is health and well being, and that of course is the Entertainment Community Fund, which we most of us probably know as the Actors Fund. Yes, but it's now called the Entertainment Community Fund because they everybody just wanted to make real clear that it's not just for actors; it's <laughs> for anyone who is able to make their living in the entertainment community, and it's taking care it's taking care of us. Um, but they do an, an enormous amount to help with people's well being um, in the entertainment community. Would you share with folks um, what they do?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they they what was kind of amazing was just just as a kind of microcosm of what they do. I mean, during the pandemic they were sharing millions upon millions upon millions of dollars um with uh, entertainment people in the entertainment community who were out of work and that was before they were even called the entertainment community fund. But uh yeah, they they mm-hmm. help they help everybody, everybody in our community, front of house, uh ushers, to dressers, to the actors on stage, to the band, and, and provide them with health care, mental health care that is actually for real accessible, um, which is yeah. sort of unheard of in, in in our community and most, I would say. Um, and it's and it's not just here, it's all over America. They're, they are working their butts off yeah. to provide care to everybody in our community, specifically, um, People for for HIV, people with HIV, um, and uh, financial assistance, and they, they're just remarkable. And I've gotten to do a ton of work with them through uh, our show, Broadway Jackbox, that we did during the pandemic, and uh, get a really close look at at how hard they work. And I actually got to go to the I don't remember what anniversary it was, but it was basically like the unveiling of the renaming of the Entertainment Community Fund. It was mm-hmm. outside Junior's
1: <laughs> had a slice of Cheesecake.
0: <laughs> but uh no they're 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 remarkable, and in talking about this as not just something small that this health care, this mental health care it 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 will help our planet. Um, they are really
1: yeah
0: huge a huge uh, player in in doing that
1: yeah, absolutely i know I know a lot of people who've been able to get therapy counseling through the actors fund through the yep. entertainment community fund who wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Not to mention housing, like...
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. H- I know housing and housing for seniors. They have homes, yep. literally, for seniors. People who used to work in the entertainment committee uh, in inter- entertainment community and now leave, need to live somewhere. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's really unbelievable the sort of reach that they have. Um, and one of the really huge things that I think is so valuable is the number of friends who I've had. It's so scary the ish, the issue of health insurance when everybody basically in this in this industry is a freelancer. So everybody's always looking <sighs> for work, trying to piece together work, but never in consistent work to try and keep your health insurance through your union or however you're trying to keep it, it's really difficult. And then particularly yep. with COVID when everything stopped. Um, but just the, I mean, I've, I've, I remember having just, a, a, a particularly one friend of mine who called me just crying and she said, no, they're happy tears. I didn't know what to do. It's so hard and it's just not for anybody in the industry, but anybody in America to try and navigate yep. our healthcare system, our health insurance mm-hmm. system annoying, and how yeah. she had just didn't know where to go, how to what to do um, and she called up and, and someone very lovely and very knowledgeable walked her through it step by step. There is somebody waiting. I, I was going to say all day, every day, but like probably normal office hours, but waiting <laughs> to help anybody yeah. in this industry if they can't figure out how, what what to do with their health insurance with just kindness and love. And that's huge. Yep. It is huge. They were, um, Joe Benacasa, who's the president and CEO um,
2: he was on this podcast with Brian Stokes Mitchell mm. and Stokes mm-hmm. told me that because, um, I worked in the entertainment community, um, when I got old, I could live in one of their homes. So <laughs> I was, I felt very relieved to know Yay. that I could be taken care of in my yeah. old age.
1: Yeah. yeah book your it, room now. <laughs> let yeah, yeah. we'll They're there booking together. up. You know, it's, it's, it's
0: exclusively a, a kindness and a, and a goodness and, and everybody who works there is so passionate about what they do i mean it's it's a real special uh, uh thing and and it's pretty amazing to see the the broadway community kind of pay that back with the the actors fund performances and we're always, or entertainment yeah. community, performances they are now. I, suppose, I still have to get used to it. Right. Well, um, explain,
1: explain to people because people who aren't in the theater community don't necessarily know what that is. Explain what one of those performances is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, every year or maybe more than that, I, I don't know, I guess, but uh, I think Broadway it's usually shows, like once a year. Yeah. I think yeah. so too. Um, Broadway shows yeah. will do one performance that is an actors, an entirely entertainment community fund uh, benefit. And like we, we get invited like and- a ninth
1: performance. Yeah. yeah. Cause we yeah, usually do eight an- shows a week, but they will add on the, the cast, the crew, everybody adds on an extra performance, the musicians, everybody to their, to their work week. Yep. Sorry, keep going.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. we get to do a big speech and raise a bunch of money. And what was really special about our performance of, of Dear Evan Hansen, that was for uh, the entertainment community fund to talk about accessibility. We had a, uh, uh ASL interpreters uh for the first mm. and only time that I that ever happened at least during my run these incredible ASL yeah. interpreters for just that performance yeah. standing uh in front of the stage and and performing the show alongside us I mean it it's really really mm. amazing all the just the little things that add up to something very special and I'm I'm so thankful to have been a part of so many things that uh support them like Gratitude which raised I think over well over like $2 million or something for
1: uh, the entertainment
0: community fund, which is pretty unbelievable. Wow. Yeah.
2: Ratatouille, the TikTok. Wow, good for you. I get recognized for
0: Ratatouille more than literally anything else I've ever done. (laughs) That's so
2: great. All the
0: time to talk to me about Ratatouille.
2: (laughs) Well, actually, you know what? Relevant to that. So, I mean, social media, as you were saying, and we're talking about, you know, it's, obviously very beneficial and it helps, you know, spread the word and generate awareness and do all this good stuff. But then, especially with mental health, it also has a downside. And yeah. I mean, obviously, Dear Evan Hansen, you know, talked about that too. Um, what's, you know, you're, you're young. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your take <laughs> on... <laughs> on, on just the whole social media thing. Like how, how involved, how active are you and what's your consumption? I am a, I am
0: ridiculously inactive. Actually. I, I was Mm -hmm. very active for a long time, especially during the pandemic. And it was a lifeline for sure. Um, like all of Mm -hmm. this, much like everything I'm talking about, all of the incredible stuff we got to do would not have happened were it not for social media. And I still use it to, Mm -hmm. to uh, promote causes I care about and and promote, um, the, 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 projects I'm working on. But, it's, uh, it's really hard. I, I don't keep it on my phone anymore. Um, it's really, mm-hmm. really, I, I am afraid to, talking about parenting again, I'm afraid to bring children into a world where we're not yet talking about social media the way we talk about cigarettes. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's an addiction, but it doesn't, you know, screw up your lungs. It really, really screws with your brain, and it, it scares mm. me. It scares me a lot. Um, wow! And I—that I, I, is
1: such a great analogy. Yeah, just cigarettes. That it's like only in the hands of grown-ups who are choosing to do this thing, but right. really, should teenagers even have access to it? Is no. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, keep going. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 pretty scary to me. Um, that said, of course, like something like Ratatouille, the fact that that can come out of social media, of, of this in- intensely kind of creative. Thing, these people reaching out yeah. for each other. Um, that's when it's
1: yeah.
0: really something very beautiful and that we get to share uh, awareness about causes like this. Um, so mm. it's obviously not all bad. I, I think the, the kind yeah. of burden it lays on the, the companies that are making it. I mean, you, you hear stories of nobody mm. who has made one of these platforms lets their kids use it. Um, right. no, nobody. Wow. So wow. It, it's uh, it's uh, created to, to be unhealthy and, and reel you in and, and make you yeah. addicted. I wish it wasn't, and I wish we could still have the good. And I know that there are platforms that yeah. exist that way, but they're not as addictive, so people don't use them as much. So it's, it's mm. a very, very complicated thing that I hope in all of our lifetimes we, we have a bit more awareness of.
2: Yeah, and back to your story, of, I mean, boundaries, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. And there are some... There are some hacks like on, you know, on your phone now, you can like, you know, program it so that an hour before you're going to go to bed, it just, it stops. Yeah. Everything, yeah. So that you can wind down. Mm. I've, I've started doing that. I think that's really helpful too. I was doing yeah. that for
0: a while. Yeah. I, had, I had turned all notifications off and I had limited mm-hmm. my like screen time uh, for those apps to like a minute a day. Uh, but it was still, mm-hmm. I was still getting sucked in. And even now when I, when I download it to, to, because I have to for some kind of work, because uh, as you know, performers and creators, it's a huge part of what we do. It it just is. Um, mm-hmm. every time I download it for just a couple of days because I'm posting, I'm sucked in again. I am I am scrolling and I catch myself mm-hmm. 30 minutes later and I'm like, what am I doing right now?
2: The crazy thing is when you go to a restaurant and you see like two people having dinner and they're just yeah. they're scrolling and not even talking to yeah. each other. And yeah. I like, yeah. blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Or when I would entrance from, and you've had, if you have an entrance from a, from a Broadway audience and you're walking after intermission and you're walking down the aisle and you can see all of the people who are scrolling through Instagram or something. Oh, um, did you have um, that experience on almost? Oh, I sure did. I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the the fun thing was they didn't, the audience didn't know it, but they were my students in the scene. I was going to teach a lecture in my class. So I actually got to speak to them um, (gasps) as their teacher and character. So I got to yell at them, um, but not like, you know, not rogue style, like Anika, the actor yelling, but like as, as my character yelling. So I got away with it and nobody ever got mad. But it was, it was, it was crazy. Just the times where I just had to give up. I couldn't tell everybody to put their phones away. I didn't say phone because it was 1973. But I would just say, put that away, please. Mm. Um, (laughs) Jump. And then everybody around them would laugh smugly. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. Um, Yeah. No, by the time I was walking down the aisle, Van Hughes had been singing for two full verses. So there just was no excuse (laughs) that that you didn't have your phone away. So just distracting to the people on the stage. The people around you can see the light. It's so, Mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. Don't get me started.
0: I grew up with it so much. Like I think I had my first iPhone when I was nine years old it was because I begged. Um,
2: Yeah. I mean, you're a a digital native, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, Oh yeah. We, I'm, I'm kind um, of the first, really the first generation that was like born with it in our hands. Like I remember my iPod shuffle. I remember my stroller, like listening to like Michael Jackson music on my iPod shuffle (laughs) in the stroller. Like I, I, so I, I don't know what, how it, it, it maybe, does that's, seem
2: to... maybe that's where your habit came from, your music habit that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, maybe, or
0: whatever, maybe. <laughs> <one's your> <laughs> totally possible, entirely possible. But um, yeah, I think it's still just as addictive for people who weren't born with it, who it came later. It's like, I mean, you're still, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't make heads or tails of it except that I, I just, I don't really like it. <laughs>
2: I just hate the feeling of like not being present, you know, like you can't, you can multitask and everybody does it. But like when you're doing that, you're not fully in the moment. And that's, I think that's something uh, that, that
0: Dear Evan Hansen articulated really, really well is you never see a character on their phone. You see them like sucked in totally to the world and uh feeling like you're having a real conversation with somebody despite the miscommunications that you're sort of shortly having and i that's what it feels like it doesn't feel like i'm on my phone that would require a presence that it is taking me away from that i'm like feeling the phone in my hand and like knowing that it's a screen Mm -hmm. and also having an awareness of the world around me no i'm in that world i'm having a conversation with this person i'm imagining it in my mind's eye like this is my whole universe and then there's this blinking light in your brain uh from then on of Comparing yourself, what will people think about this on the internet if I post it later? Uh, did I get more likes on my thing? You know, whether we mm. want to or not, we're monkeys. Like, that is a number, a, a point system ascribed to, to value our life and our morals and our, the things we do every day. We get points. Of course, it's going to matter mm. to us.
1: Gosh, I really didn't. Um, I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about goal, goal number three and good health and well-being. And I, I really hadn't put two and two together of how much social media and the addiction of it folds into, certainly nowadays, mm-hmm. good health and well-being. It's yeah. such a huge part of it. yeah.
2: And I feel yeah. like so much of health and well-being gets addressed because there's so many you know news outlets that cover. You know you should exercise or you should eat right or mm-hmm. eat this or don't eat this or whatever. But like on the mental health, I think it's just starting to get more in the zeitgeist, and that's mm. a really good thing. And people are starting to talk about it, so that is a good thing. Um, Absolutely, Andrew. I have a question. I have a question for you. So you're you're young. Uh, what are you? Are you Gen Z? Is that what you are?
0: I'm Gen Z. That's right. Proud,
2: proud of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gen Z and proud of it. Um, but I was gonna ask you like you are so um you're so philanthropic and you're such an activist for somebody so young too. And I wondered, is this something like where did you, how did you become this way? Is this something that your family or your community was part of, and how did you become such a good guy? Oh, thank um,
0: you. yeah, I'm, I think here's why I'm such a good guy. Um, no i I'm my, i have a I have an older brother um who's autistic. he has really high support needs. And uh, he lives at home with with my aunt and my family, and he's the greatest. But he, uh, there is really not a lot of help out there for for folks like him, and um, it's mm. it's pretty difficult for him to to really live a, a a full life. And so, when I was twelve, my bar mitzvah was coming up, and I, I had to do a mitzvah project. But of course, I wasn't gonna like. I, I wanted it to use it as an excuse to do something related to theater. I didn't want to like pick up trash on the side of the road or something. So I sort of mm-hmm. uh, staged this uh, cabaret with my friends and we, and we raised money for uh, autism awareness and, and uh, an autism organization. And uh, from then mm-hmm. on, I think I realized that these two uh, things can be one thing we can use, the thing we're passionate about in our life. Uh, and this isn't just people in theater. This is anyone who's passionate about anything you can use it mm-hmm. a- and wield it as a, as a, a source for good. And, uh, I was pretty, I-, I felt very rewarded by that experience. Thank goodness. And we ended up doing a show every year after that. Um, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic rolled around and it was very, still very much the same thing. I had all these things that I was very passionate about and it, didn't make sense to not uh do them for good there was there was really no reason if there's an mm-hmm. opportunity to to do something that will really benefit people in, in a substantial way uh there's no reason not to especially because the thing we do is so high on the hierarchy of needs you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we obviously we need <laughs> art you know for our souls we do but it is not food mm. it, it is not uh, it, it is spiritual we we do need it but if we can get down there a little bit more <laughs> with the thing we do in providing people resources that need it uh that is is when the the marriage of art and philanthropy is is working at its finest i think
2: i'm gonna ask you just talked about finding the thing you're passionate about um and if you were giving advice to your fans um how would you um how would you talk to them about getting involved with things? Would you say it's a more strategic decision, or is it something you feel? You know, passion obviously yeah. seems more like something you feel, but there are a lot of people that are very strategic in how they um, how they give back too.
0: Absolutely, I think it's it's got to be a, a reflection of your personal values in terms of, but besides even what uh, causes you're supporting. It's what what is the goal of your day to day? If it's to do kind of the most good possible at all times, um, and that is your number one value, then you should like travel the world and help build homes and things like that. And I think that that's amazing. And that's something very strategic. If it's to look good while doing it, okay then yeah definitely post about it on social media and be very strategic about that if your goal on your day-to-day is to follow these passions of yours um which is i I would say has been mine for for probably my whole life then you should pursue that and there are ways to do good while doing that uh and and you shouldn't miss out on those opportunities so i think i think following defining very clearly as soon as possible your values uh, in every area of your life and how you can marry those together. I hope that made any sense at
2: all. <laughs> no, it totally <laughs> did. And I'm sure, yeah, you know, people have core values and those probably don't change that much through the course of their life. But to some degree, I think your your values are what your interests are. They do, they're they dynamic, right? They're, they are changing and sometimes Absolutely. they mean more to you at certain points in your life and less at others. So it's probably something yeah. you have to reevaluate all the time, right? Absolutely, mm.
0: and and hopefully that's a value too, is being open to that reevaluation and being open to learning mm. new information to mm. uh, to to change that your values may very well change, and you may have been wrong about your values for your entire life, and that's a really really scary scary thought um, to, mm. to kind of look back and see how much potential wrong you may have done or, or how far down the wrong path you've gone. But uh, that's gotta mm. be, that kind of, you have to be open to, to that, uh, to, to having made mistakes. And hopefully that's, mm. that, that's a big value of mine, at least, is that all, all we really are, and all we can really define ourselves by is our potential for change, I think.
1: You're wow. an extraordinary human being. <laughs> I was
2: just gonna <laughs> say, that. I was
0: that's gonna, really, really really gonna sounding
2: like an old lady, what a smart <laughs> kid, what a great kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: that's very kind I really appreciate that I'm happy wow. to be here talking to you both
2: mm-hmm. well any last words Anika or Andrew
0: oh man uh, be kind today if you can to yourself and to others
2: yeah. I think that's a perfect yep. last word so with love and kindness I say thank you so much for being part of the Broadway Gives Back podcast Anika thank you for co-hosting with me of and, course um, We'll see you on stage. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadway Gives Back podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate Broadway Gives Back wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook at Jan Friedlander Weiss and on Instagram at Jan for Good. Broadway Gives Back is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein. Alan Seals Kimberly Garris along with their team of amazing collaborators and wonderful humans to learn more about this podcast and other Broadway podcasts visit bpn.fm slash broadwaygivesback